Crusaders and welcome to another edition of Batman, the animated series podcast. I'm your host, Alex Robson, and with me as always is my co-host, my brother, comic book artist and writer, the guy who is the opposite of Clayface, as he's sometimes known as Mudbutt. It's Mr. Will Robson. Say hello, Will. <laughs> I'm Mudbutt. I'm Mudbutt. Yes, I think uh, my wife would say that I am mud butt, sadly. Taco Bell, he's got mud butt. Butt of clay. <laughs> butt of clay. <laughs> butt of mud. Um, how you doing, bud? I'm okay. I'm, I'm, I've been podcasting up a storm and ignoring you, going on all these different podcasts. And I know. Being interviewed. On me. Getting my pictures taken and my video taken of me as I discuss what's going on in my career and oh, oh have you done some video podcasts as well yes i didn't realize they were video podcasts though someone put a clip up yesterday and i look fucking awful <laughs> like it's the, there's no lighting set up in my office and where i sit the light hits me from behind so i'm backlit the whole time and i'm sweaty and i haven't done my hair properly and i'm just a big fat guy with a big fat fucking face and <laughs> I couldn't even watch the clip. I was like, Jesus Christ. And I've been feeling good about myself recently, but then I saw that. I was like, ew, you're gross. Oh, that's a shame. Well, what have you been talking about on these podcasts as everyone looks at how big your head is? <laughs> it is a big head. It's a very big it head. It is a big head. Um, I have been talking about the launch of my newest Kickstarter. Hell yeah. So live right now on Kickstarter is my passion project, the project that I absolutely love and the project that I want to make for the rest of my life. That's why I call it the only ongoing zombie anthology comic, because I truly want this to be an ongoing comic, something I release once or twice a year. So I, I love this book, and I hope you guys will love it too. Uh, if, if, I, if I've entertained you at all in this world, please just take a look. And if you can't pledge, I understand, but even sharing on your social media goes a very very long way so live right now on kickstarter outbreaks issues one through two so if you missed the first campaign back in march that's totally fine there's plenty of levels where you can get all caught up and it's been going great so far i mean we're, we i think there was just a pledge literally just happened while we were talking i know someone sent me a message Ooh. oh okay <laughs> boo to that lovely Ew, person that sent you a message oh, don't send me a message I don't want to talk to you just give me your money <laughs> so we're currently at 50 backers with 27 days to go we're recording this on Sunday uh, 56% funded and £1,987 raised out of 3500 so close to 2k it's the number of the year of your birth, 1,987. That's right, it is. That's pretty cool. But still, we want more money, so let's yes. let's break that. So uh, I did a fun little thing where yesterday before I went to bed, I'm like posting about it twice a day, I saw that there was 49 backers, so I was like, oh, you know what? The 50th person I'm going to do a free giveaway for. And I got a backer in the middle of the night, and I just posted about it this morning, and they've won like a signed print, a sticker and an exclusive limited trading card that was available in the last campaign. So I'm trying to do fun things like that. So follow me on social media. I plan on doing some live streams and some giveaways and just making this whole month like a really fun experience for backers of the project. So if you've backed already, thank you so much. I know there's a few listeners here like Harry Baldock and George Biggs. And uh, if I can't remember everyone else's name, I'm very, very sorry. 
just yell at me on social media and I'll shout you out. That's absolutely <laughs> fine. Uh, but yes, thank you everybody that's back so far. We're only 56% there, so we got plenty of uh, percentage to go. And uh, yeah, thank you for backing. My brother is a backer. He got the mystery package, which means yeah. I will randomly choose two comics from the campaign and also a signed comic from my career at Marvel and DC to put in this package, along with a few other goodies. And that's been doing really well. A bunch of the other little bundle packs I've made have been doing really well. The new deluxe version of the book that's like extra pages, better paper quality, a, a foil shiny cover. People have been eating that up, and I'm so happy about that. So... All of Is the, that another zombie pun? Eating that up? I like yeah, it. Yeah, gobbling it all up. Yeah, so please go check out the campaign. The link's in the description of this uh, podcast. And you can either just... I think you can just search, like, Will Robson Kickstarter comic and it will pop up or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Or uh, click the link in the description below of this episode. There'll be links to lead you to his Kickstarter campaign and also his social medias and such like that so you'll be able to see what it's all about well that sounds great man i'm really pleased and really happy and really proud of you it's going all well you're working really hard as always on all of this stuff so it's really great to see that it's already climbed higher in the last few days than the last campaign right yeah the first day was more successful than the first day last time which is great and more people this time are backing at higher pledge levels with the bundles and all that stuff so i'm really happy about that because it means that all like the ideas i came up with to make more fun like bigger bundles mm. to try and raise more money has been successful so i'm happy about that so yeah go check it out kickstarter.com or click the link in the description of this episode right, but we're going to get into our casting call now where every time we come across new people in the animated series we cast them in our fan casted batman the animated series live action universe who will they cast in this confession to make what i forgot to do this week's one. Oh, you haven't yes i remind you I so many times podcasts do you know this. do you know when i remind you i've reminded you like three times in the last 24 hours and i'm like this is probably overkill <laughs> but i it's not it's clearly not and i'm like cast these people watch this episode. You did watch Feet of Clay Part 2 today, yeah? <laughs> you were like... I watched it with breakfast, yes. <laughs> You're like, I can't wait to talk about this Penguin episode. I'm like, what are you talking about? Did you know there was a couple times in the Spider-Man show where I didn't watch the episode and I completely spitballed it? Are you kidding me? No. <gasps> Confessions! <laughs> Holy crap! Maybe not a couple. I think maybe once there was one episode where I was like, I think I remember this one enough and I can't be asked to watch it. But wow. I like that now. I watch every episode. You do, you do. Uh, you just forget to cast. Okay, so what do we do now? Because I've got Lucius Fox and Roland Daggett are two people we have not yet cast. Um, I have a, I had quite a few choices. So instead of going back and forth on um, who's the better choice, shall we collectively decide out of my choices? Do you want yeah. to do that? Yeah, that sounds good. So you, you just. Let's start with one of them, and then you go through your choices. Don't tell me who your top choice is. Okay. And then I will say who I think is the best out of th that pool and see if it matches your top one. There we go. That works. That's a good idea. Okay, cool. A little different, but it still works. All right, here we go. So we'll do Lucius Fox first. Okay. So Lucius Fox from the animated series, uh, from the animated series is always... Um, quite a different Lucius Fox in the fact that he's like bald and has a mustache and he's not Morgan Freeman, which is the one we're most used to. But um, 
I came up with some choices that I'm, I'm quite happy here. There's one in particular I really like, but I won't tell you, as you said. So, first of all, we've got Steve Harvey, who <laughs> looks identical to Lucius Fox in this show. Steve Harvey, uh, okay. He's bald, has so a mustache. Steve Harvey as Lucius Fox in Batman the Animated Series. Well, he's not in it loads, so I think... And he's he's like... You know, he's not the typical, like, I'm a very serious, you know, scientist. He's just kind of like, well, as you said, the last episode, Bruce is in disguise. He's like, Bruce Wayne? Is that you, Bruce Wayne? And he's like, dude. So I thought Steve Harvey would be kind of a fun choice. But I'm not telling you which one is my favorite. Yeah, okay. Said. All right. Next one is Ving Rames. Do you know who Ving Rames is? The name sounds really familiar. So he's in all the Mission Impossible movies as like Tom Cruise's oh, like, right yeah, he's guy. Marcellus Wallace from um, Pulp Fiction. Yes, yeah. yes, Marcellus Wallace from Pulp Fiction. Uh, and then the final choice is Lawrence Fishburne, obviously Morpheus, um, and loads of other characters, including that's, that's Perry, the one. That's the winner. Yeah, it is that's the winner, right? Such a better choice. <laughs> it's look, a great choice. He may not look exactly like from Batman Animated Series, but freaking Morpheus is Lucius Fox. I'm in. Done. Yeah. Yeah, Printed, right? sell it, put yeah. it in the shop, <laughs> bag it, tag it, sell it to the butcher in the store. Right, yeah, and we know he looks good bald, right? We've seen him bald as Morpheus. Yeah, so. put a little tash yeah. on him. Fine, yeah. done. Yeah, yeah, done. Little couple sideburn hair bits to make mm-hmm. him look like granddad. Yeah, that's great. Okay, I need like that one. That's why I saved it for last. Now I'm going to switch it up so you don't know which one. Okay, I have Roland Daggett next because he does come back a few times in the show, so it would be good to cast him. Mm-hmm. And I was going off of what you said is like, he's got that like, you know, like a man's voice. And I was Mm. thinking, even though, uh, like, how old do you think Roland Daggett is? That was my first question, actually. Oh, he could be anywhere from like 50 to 65. Yeah, I was thinking that, right? Like, definitely not in his 40s or earlier. Like, I think he's like, he's seen some stuff. So my my great choice, but he's too old. So this is my too old choice that doesn't count would be Robert Redford. I thought Robert Redford, like, 20 years ago, would have been an amazing Roland Daggett. Yeah. Like, no, you can't see that. I can see him rocking that role. But um, I have only two choices here. Okay. My first choice is Michael Fassbender, who you know from, well, several things, like I know Michael Bastards. Morpheus, yeah. um, well, Morpheus, Magneto. Morpheus was the last guy. Um, and so many more. And my second choice is Brian Cranston, Breaking Bad. I don't like any of these choices. No? Well, I was going with like an old manny type gruff redhead. That's what I was going with, right? Who's uh, the guy who plays J. Jonah Jameson? Oh, I always know his name, but the moment you've asked me, his name has just left my brain completely. Because he's got like the piercing blue eyes and the manly voice, and I could see him running a, a shady business like that. That is a really good casting choice off the top of your head. But he's not a redhead. Yeah, but you could just stick a wig on him. Yeah, you could. They did that with Spider-Man, didn't they? Um, I've got to look up his name. His name is J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons. That's my choice. It, done. <laughs> <laughs> J.K. Simmons' is Roland Daggett is a great choice because he has that type of, like, voice and attitude where like i said it's just like metal on metal you know it's like there's no softness to it at all he's just like i'm a man and you're gonna listen to me and i'm gonna do stuff i mean ed asner is just like and ed asner was jj bingo ed asner was jj in spider-man the animated series so that's awesome okay great jk simmons it is if it was any choice i would choose the guy who played um 
uh, Bill Murray's brother to go, it's fun, it's hip, it's Noah's it's Arcade. Noah's Arcade. That would be my choice for, for Daggett. But... That's the second time you referenced it <laughs> on this podcast. Yeah. Uh, do you know Daggett, I realize, is the last name of my character from my zombie book, The Outbreaks. Richard oh, is da- it? Richard uh, Daggett is the name of oh. um, Dead Eye Dick. Oh, that's cool. Dick oh, nice. Daggett. Dick Daggett. Cool. All right, well, J.K. Simmons is an awesome choice. I love that. And then uh, before we go into our episode review, I've got some corrections here from last week. Last week, I said Marv Wolfman wrote both of these episodes, but I was incorrect. Michael Reeves wrote part two, but they concede the story for both parts together. And then Marv Wolfman wrote part one. Michael Reeves wrote part two. And then finally, I also, um, when we're doing our uh, going through the list of credits, I wrote Summer, I said Summer Gleason, and who is played by Marie Devon, was credited in part one, but she's not in part one. She's only in part two. So just some corrections, just in case anyone was like, no, that's wrong. You got to correct myself. You know what I mean? How dare you? I know. You'll get all the fanboys coming in trying to correct you. I know. I know. Rightfully so. All right, we're going to go into our episode review now, Feet of Clay, part two. Feet of Clay, it's part two. This episode is titled Feet of Clay Part 2. It came out on September 9th, 1992. It's directed by Kevin Altieri, who we might be hearing from in a moment. A story by Michael Reeves and Marv Wolfman, written by Michael Reeves. Animation by Tokyo Movie Shinsha, or TMS Entertainment, as they're known now. Knocked out the park. Knocked it out of the park. Featuring Kevin Conroy as Batman and Bruce Wayne, Efren Zimbalist Jr. as Alfred, Ed Asner as Roland Daggett, Ed Begley Jr. as Germs, Marie Devon as Summer Gleason, Dick Gautier as Teddy, Brock Peters as Lucius Fox, and Ron Pellman as Matt Hagen and Clayface. We're going to skip honorable mentions this week as all actors, writers, and directors have been credited on, on previous episodes, including the last one. So go check that out if you haven't yet already. All right, we're going to dive into our utility belt of fun facts here. This is typically the section where I'll list a bunch of facts and Batman the Animated Series info on this episode. Yeah, but God. we're going to hear from someone way better than me today. We've got a very special guest today that's going to do that all for me. I sat Ooh. down with the director. Yes. I sat down with the director of Feeder Clay Part 2 to specifically chat about the making of this episode. So without further ado, here is the director of today's episode, Kevin Altieri. <laughs> So, Kevin, we do a behind-the-scenes fact section on our episode reviews that we call our Utility Belt of Fun Facts, which is a perfect spot to include you (laughs) in today as you are the director of today's episodes. I think that would be very apt. So I'll start by listing some creds here, and we can get stuck in. Um, Quite a poor pun there, stuck in. I've just realized that. (laughs) Um, Okay, so we're chatting about Feeder Clay Part 2 today. So just some creds here. Part 1 is directed by Dick Sabas. Now, am I saying that right? Because I don't yeah. know if it's... It well, is. you you have, uh, with your accent, it's absolutely correct. That was written by Marv Wolfman and animated by Acom, one of the... Yes. Uh, every, everyone's favorite Acom. And then... <laughs> 
Part two, directed by Kevin Altieri, written by Michael Reeves and animated by Tokyo Movie Shinsha. So what memories come to mind just when I list those credits right there about those episodes? Well, um, part two, part one and part two were actually, it was Marv Wolfman. And Michael Reeves was the uh, story editor, along with Marty Pascoe. The original script that I read, I thought Marv was fine, you know. And the rewrites tended to make it very, very long, you know. Okay, and, so um, usually usually rewrites would cut it down, so it was kind of the reverse yeah. there. And the way that I got it, I don't remember why Dick didn't do the second part or whatever, but I, uh, they pulled me in. I was pulled in. If I remember correctly, I was supposed to be doing a different episode. I can't re recall what I was doing, but I was, I was in line to work with ACOM. You know, Bruce actually, quite frankly, Bruce would come in and say, yeah, look, you know, this is a problem script or whatever. And he says, and we got ACOM, you know, he trusted me to do whatever I could do to make it look as good as it possibly could be. Sure. You know, they trusted me to do that. But we had a meeting, and this is not an aside. This is um, actually what exa the exact uh, events that happened to me. So they were talking to me about production and about how shows are going over budget. Mine weren't going over budget, but some shows were going over budget and they were having trouble getting stuff done on time and all that. And the overseas studios are complaining about how much, you know, so we've got to cut down. We've got to cut, we've got to come up with ideas about how to economize animation, how to, you know, we more held cells, more of these tricks that save money. And so, so everything's about, we got to save money. we got to save time. The scripts must be simpler. And then, then we were saying as our thing, okay, so please no more crowds if that's what we're talking about. There's ways to do crowds so economically, but it's still a lot of drawing. Mm. And, and the powers that you have, these villains, the, the powers and stuff that the villains have, have to be much simpler. They got to be simpler. Okay, everyone's, everyone's in agreement. Simple, simple, everything's simple. We're going to simplify things down. And then... I mean, the opposite in, in Feet of Play. Immediately afterwards, <laughs> Bruce, Bruce and Alan Burnett, you know, Bruce comes in and says, hey, we want you to do this script. And I'm like, oh, Clayface, because I was, I don't remember, I think I was supposed to get a Riddler script at that time. Um, oh, interesting. Was it the you know, first uh, Riddler story or was it I'm, one that never made it? Uh... I don't remember. I just remember that, it was Riddler is one of those characters in the Mad Hatter were characters that I never got to do. Gotcha. Um, and I would have loved to have done them. But anyway, so I get the second part. I get Feet of Play, Clay Part 2. And I read the script. And I go to Bruce. And <laughs> I get, and we get Alan Burnett in there. We're going, look, we just had the talk. We just had the talk. Did you read this thing? And he's like, oh, yeah, I read it. I know, I know. It's like, so let's talk this out. What are we going to do? And then first thing I said, ACOM cannot get this. And Bruce is, yeah, ACOM, no, no friggin' way. Bruce and Alan Burnett just said, yeah, got to be TMS. Right. Said for this, for this one, because, you know, their experience with the previous episode, and I don't know how much footage came back yet from ACOM, but they were having trouble with ACOM and they knew that it was not going to, you know, they, they, this was out of their hands. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, all the so. morph, all the morphing sequences would have oh. just been well, handled totally differently. And that's now. and that's another thing too. So they give me the they give me this episode. I read it, and it's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> and I'm like, number one, it was like it was it was written very long, and I think mostly what Michael did when he rewrote it was he just added stuff. You know, he added more shenanigans. Of what, like animation sequences with like Clayface and stuff like that? Well, it was more like what they wrote. And I think the original thing is like, I looked at him as like being, well, he's like a gay monster is what Mm. I got out of the script. Yeah, Um, yeah. I mean, mean, because I I know you've gone on record. You've gone on record and said before that it wasn't intentional, even though it wasn't in your face, that both Teddy and Matt Hagen are in a relationship. And it is clear watching it as an adult. Obviously, as a kid, you don't notice that. But it is definitely clear, which I think adds an amazing layer to the whole episode. Just how mean Hagen is like what, you know, it's like like the Clayface and the Harley Quinn show. Yes, he is a narcissist. He's Mm. an actor. And just the fact that, like, he goes through all of this, and it's all about his looks. It's all about him, who he is, him going on. And there's that scene where it's like, you can go on. We can go on. And then he just shoves Teddy out of the way. Yeah. That's completely, that was, I gave that, those sequences to Brad. Um, That's how I brought it up. Okay. You know. And Brad and Brad went and said, "Yeah, this reminds me of a relationship I had about twenty years ago." You know, <laughs> <with> somebody. <laughs> so I'm there, and I read the script, and I'm there with Alan Burnett, and um, I go and I say, "Okay, I'm going to have to change stuff because the script, if I remember correctly, he was more like Plastic Man, like Batman walks by a table, and the table." morphs into clayface oh like so that. very sort of t1000 type of yeah it was yeah. more like it was more like that and i think maybe that's what they were going off of you know okay. um marty and uh michael i think that's what they're going off of was that like he can mimic stuff whereas no he's an actor you know and that's kind of the angle that i wanted to go with and i said okay we're gonna do this everyone's complained about how complicated the shows are. And it's like, you know, and I went to Alan Burnett and I said, please just, you know, shield me a little bit from this because I'm yeah. going to board it the way we're going to board it the way that we really think it needs to be done. And, and Alan's like, yeah, that's why I want you, but you've got to do one scene for me. And I think Alan had a hand in this one, the one where germs tries to kill uh, Fox in his uh, oh, hospital with the room. Pi- with the pillow, which I was like, with for a kid's pillows. cartoon, this is, this is dark. Yeah. And then Batman uses that, the uh, bat throwing star. star. Which, yeah. The throwing star, which was outlawed by BSNP. But in this case, it just worked too well that no one could complain about it. It you was know, outlawed it was, by BSNP? I didn't know that. Um, It's something that kids could possibly make. Interesting. Yeah, because I've seen it in in other episodes we've reviewed, but I don't remember it going on much after these episodes. Yeah, it was it was in the early ones. And I and I pulled it into um, I used it in um, The Last Laugh, mainly because uh, that's when Gulacy was doing Batman. And he instead of the Batarang, he had those the Batstars. Yeah. 
So, and it's like, and it's a totally, you know, it's, it's a sensible weapon, but then of course, mm. yes, then they, they, but BSNP did think that that could be mimicked by kids. And I was thinking, yeah, if I was 12 years old, I'd make one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you know, when you said that, I was like, as a kid, I'd probably make a throwing star as well, because yeah, yeah you can, you can yeah. practically get your head around enough of that shape. Yeah. So Alan's saying, and here's the one thing, and I and I actually pointed out to Alan, I said, and this whole business with Batman punching the wall and just this glass on a shelf overhead, do you know how hard that is to animate? You know how impossible that is to do? And right. uh, Alan went, I really want that. And I'm like, oh, okay, you got it, Alan. I'll do is it. Is that maybe like, because he's a big fan of Hitchcock, I wonder if that was some sort of Hitchcock connection for him, maybe? Kind of. Kind of, I don't know, but it was like, obviously, um, Alan had a hand in that sequence. Mm. Um, and so I said, okay, I'm going to take this part. And this is where Clayface first manifests his powers. We first see them. And that was a real problem sequence because there are like about five or six pages extra to the script where this cop shows up. Yeah. And Batman goes, hey, wait a minute. After he's through and we see that it's seawater and not the not crimson, crimson fever, I think it's called. Yeah, yeah, not, yeah. yeah, not crimson fever. Yeah. So that that's so we we enter there and then there's a whole sequence that was cut out by me. And it's like this will be interesting for people to see how when you storyboard what you have to do sometimes. And I was the director, so. I didn't ask for permission. I was just, you know, I asked for permission from Alan Burnett and Bruce and that's it. Boom. Because right. <laughs> it's like, we don't have time. Yeah. So the script goes on where this cop comes in. He says, hold it right there, Batman. This is my collar. I'll take it from here. And then Batman goes, okay. And he takes germs and he walks downstairs with him. And then... Batman ponders and goes, hmm, there was something strange about that uniform. That was the wrong badge, or that was the wrong shoulder patch. Oh, okay. And then, and then he goes downstairs to the street. He goes, where is that cop? And, oh, there he is, you know? And then they have a confrontation out there. I don't quite remember what happens, but uh, Clayface, they end up in a big, long fight, and something a car crashes into a telephone pole and clayface is about to kill batman and electrical wires hit clayface all of a sudden clayface can't function and he runs away okay so then i and guess the like, idea it's like the idea of that was for later right like later on because he gets electrocuted maybe that's what they were trying to do was like batman yeah, sees a weakness yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, Michael Reeves and Marty are like, no, that's the most important scene in the whole thing. And I said, no, no, it's like, guy comes in, it's Clayface. We haven't seen him do his powers yet. We know he can mimic. That's all. We know he can mimic people. He's an actor. Mm. He sees you. It's in his mind. He can do it. Yeah, he even does uh, that with Batman He when he sees mm -hmm. Batman. Yeah, he changes we his see head. Him, we see it when he's like, when he's in that scene with Teddy in the trailer and they're looking at, he's looking at his portraits and it's kind of unconscious. Yes. And then um, when he does the doctor, the doctor walks past and he goes, whoop, perfect. He just turns into the doctor. And then when the cop shows up, we don't know what the cop, the cop was probably from some movie he did. But then, mm. of course, him being, you know, Clayface, and I just said, no, no, it's like, hey, now just a minute. All we do is like, this is my color. Just a minute. 
Guy just turns around, boom, boom. slams him into the ceiling. Yeah, way Batman's better. Totally, yeah, and then you go up to the roof, and he's yeah. just going to toss this guy to his death. And the thing of him, like, going, shut up. Pure Alan Burnett. Alan Burnett says, yeah, just have him grab a piece of his cheek and slap it on his mouth. I love that. <laughs> I love that so much. That I is such it. a great, oh, it's such a great I cheek. drew it. I drew it, but Alan Burnett came up with that idea. And I'm like, man, you are a one twisted. <laughs> but that's so, that is so yep. uh, like Alan Burnett in the sense of like Hitchcock yep. and everything. Like I could see mm-hmm. that totally in the Hitchcock film, just like shut up and slam the mud on his face. Um, and then, and then we were like, and I had the discussion cause I gave, because Mike's so good. I gave him most of the third act, you know, where all the big animation and the acting happens um in the radio studio um we had discussions about okay because we're boarding at the same time we're boarding simultaneously and we had these discussions okay what are his powers because mike said quite frankly it's like i can't do what's in the script you know it's like are you kidding me and i'm like well i know it's asking for a lot (laughs) and it's like mike there's nothing that we can save that can save you for the final sequence you know I did the sequence where Batman's in disguise. All he is is like he's in the janitor's overalls and he's just got a hat on, you know? Yeah, man. I mean, of all the disguises Batman's ever had, I felt like that was I was like, that's him just being like, I don't have any costumes to wear. This is the only one I got available in the Batcave. So I guess this is what I got. And just put on a janitor's hat. And like, you can see his gloves. You can see the cowl. It was like Zorro when he disguised himself. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It It was fun. That was that was the, the entire thought. Like I did that that those bits, and I left the really rough stuff, the the really hard stuff, to uh, Mike. So leading up there, we so we're discussing. Okay, what are his powers? What's he doing? What what's all this? You know, all all you know. We're not going to have him changing into different things. You know, that's not what he is. He's a very personal, mean son of a bitch, right? You know, and it's like so. You know, the whole thing with like where Batman's trying to save germs and he's taking germs and all of a sudden, bam, he just gets hit by this giant brick wall thing. Yeah. You know, and then next it's like, oh, okay, I hit him with a brick wall. He imagines a brick wall. And then he like, oh, axe, boom, spike, you know. I can make metal now. Yeah. 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 And it's like, you know, you know, Morningstar Mace, you know, it's like Mm -hmm. things that uh, he can imagine he can do. And then it's at first it's rough, but it's like I love the line where Ron Perlman just goes like, hey, I'm getting pretty good at this, ain't I? You know, it's like Yeah, figuring it out. Yeah. Yeah, he's figuring yeah. it out and he's actually Even lobster claws. We got we got lobster yeah. claws in there at one point, which was funny. Yeah. Cooked lobster yeah. claws as well, which I thought was great. As an actor, he's probably had so many cooked lobster claws in his life that oh, that's yeah. what instantly came to mind, which was funny. So, yeah, you mentioned Ron Perlman there. How did the casting of Ron Perlman come to be for Clayface? What do you know about that whole phase? Um, well, we were always, uh, you know, that's always Andrea. Yeah. Um, Andrea would say, you know, and Ron Perlman had been in, like, he was in POV. He played Driller. Oh, of um, course he did. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yep. So he he's, and he, as a voice actor, he was, like, uh, part of the, the whole Hollywood group that would do voice acting. He was just one of those guys. The really great performance in this one, though, belongs to Ed Begley Jr. as 
as germs as germs yeah he's amazing that is an amazing uh performance the emotion and stuff that you get out of him yeah yeah you know? all of these diseases and stuff like that yeah, as saying. yeah, yeah, yeah. i could be infected yeah it's yeah like, i love that it doesn't even sound like ed begley jr no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't at all. Yeah, he's a great character. Uh, but, yeah. I mean, we've also got Ed Asner, you know, as Roland Daggett. He's oh. just an incredible... At one point, God. you know, like, I'm watching, like, Ron Pelman and Ed Asner just, like, going at it, like, verbally with one another. I'm like, these are two outstanding actors. Just, yeah. like, giving their A-game for a Batman cartoon, you know? It's yeah. amazing. So with Clayface becoming the monster, you mentioned that he was kind of like Plastic Man-like or T-1000 and such like that, morphing into tables. Uh, what would what do you remember about, like, I know Bruce Tim obviously did the, the, the design of the characters. Do you remember, yeah. like, seeing different faces of Clayface going from one to the nope. other, or was it always just that one design that was, was the first? That we had the design, and then um, we just boarded it. Right. And it went to TMS and the whole that whole end sequence in the booth where he's going, he's influenced by what he's seeing. It's like, I can't become all of them, not at once. You know, Batman actually kind of Batman does stop him, but he doesn't stop it quite in time. And so he's just morphing into all these different things. And I just went and Mike came in and he's like, I mean, we just had the talk where we're supposed to be saving money. I say, Mike, just all I can do is say, go for it. And I'm just going to close my eyes. Right. And we're going right. to, and we're going to ship it. I'm not going to listen to anyone. You know, it's like, it's not going to the story editors. It's like, I'm not going to look at anyone's notes. It's like, it's just got to go overseas now because it's a two parter and it had to be done. How like you show me storyboards of the Cat and the Claw Part One and like how detailed that intro is of like Catwoman mm-hmm. scaling the building. How detailed did you guys go for Feet of Clay Part Two? Oh, incredibly de- detailed. Yeah, like this was as tight a board as uh, any anyone. It's they are right off of the board the designs, um, and they really like. But like that whole end sequence, every pose was there in the board every pose was there what is happening to uh clayface is in the board that drawn by mike and then the board looks like mike the postures of batman when he gets slammed back that's you know that's a mike drawing but the animators the animator i don't know what tms did where they got the people this episode, right, we sent it out. It came back two weeks early. It's like, and it's the only time I can think and of. And no, no reshoots or anything or redos. We had say. one retake. I can only think of one retake. And that was because Batman, when the cop takes germs and leaves, mm-hmm. Batman goes and recovers on the table. And he, after getting slammed into the ceiling, he runs out and he burst into the stairwell and the sign above him said Starris instead of stairs. Okay. Okay. That's all I remember retaking. That's all I remember. Um, we just were like blown away. Wow. We, that's, we were just, yeah, that's, that's amazing. I mean, maybe some color correction, um, technical, maybe retakes, 
But no, th- that episode, it came back early. And we were just watching that end sequence. And I don't know what TMS did, but they must have farmed it out to some... It, it's TMS. It could have gone to Studio Ghibli mm-hmm. to do, to get that level of animation that quickly. And uh, it could have gone to um, whoever the animator, the particular animator was. Um, well, it's interesting you say that because there's a sequence where uh, in the Batcave, Batman is testing clay faces, clay yeah. with electricity to see how it affects it. Which... Yeah. yeah. And by the way, the electricity problem, okay. 10 pages of the script, maybe maybe it was only seven, but a big chunk of the script out the window. It's like, yeah. now we're on time. Brad, just have him poke it with an electric thing, and it goes through, and Brad yeah. came up with those abstract sculpture pose to pose to pose of that chunk of clay. Perfect. Yeah, and that's yeah. all you need. And that's also, that's great because then Batman's being a detective more in the cave, which I love yes. more than him learning, you know, as he's out there. I love him going back and studying stuff and figuring it all out. And Alfred's perfect to have exposition with. So in the Batcave, there's a very bright orange look to the walls and yep. some of the computers. And it's almost like a sunrise, like it's got lots of reds, yellows and oranges in it. And I noticed TMS also uh, did Read My Lips, you know, the Scarface episode. And that also has very bright orange back computers, green screens with Mm -hmm. like audio waves. And that must have been their take on the Batcave. That's the only thing I can think of that I see because you don't see that Batcave in that that, that looks that color, that color palette like those episodes by TMS. Yeah they got to be their full TMS selves, right? Like, yeah. obviously, they were following your your detailed storyboards, but the the morphing sequence, not just at the end, which is obviously the, just outstanding to watch and, and so detailed, but just how they did Clayface, how his movement went, and, yep. you know, and how he just, like, it looked believable with the things that he was shaping, creating. I really like the look of their Batman. There's just, like, there's something particular about the cow and the way they oh, do the ears that i really they, like by tms they're, they're the only studio maybe there was one other one in the but the whole thing with batman um punching the wall the whole sequence in the hospital with germs mm. um the animation i had no right to expect that glass jar to animate as well as it did right yeah um because it needed it really needed to and like even even if you look at like the simple stuff where yeah, I did the poses, but the animations like where he goes, yeah, you know, Hagen's good, but no, you know, but no one is that good. And just the way that he, you know, turns to the camera and and just like and the way that they animated his eyes, mm. it's, it's perfect. It's perfect. I mean, they pulled it off with time to spare. That's the yeah. amazing thing. Yeah, that is amazing. I mean, there's so many great sequences, like uh, Alfred in his very fancy driving outfit that we see for the yes. first time in this with his fancy oh, hat. That was another thing. Again, just to show, like, and and by the way, the story editors tried to get me fired over this one. They oh, yeah, this, okay, go on. They, they said, have you seen this footage? You know, and showed it to Alan Burnett. And it's like, have you seen this? Look how he screwed up. We're going to get you out you know? And it's like, and Alan Burnett was like, no, I really like it, <laughs> you know. So what was what, what the sequence? Oh, they were oh, trying to... okay, here's, okay, another example. Uh, the beginning of the show happens, okay. Bruce Wayne, 
gets out of jail, blah, blah, blah. The, you know, the press is there. Bruce Wayne goes home, goes to the Batcave, hangs out in the Batcave. Harump, harump. They're looking at the computer, coming up with ideas. But, right. And then he, and then from the Batcave, he gets into the Batmobile and he goes cross town and blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, that's three pages too long. Yeah. Batman comes down the steps. Alfred's waiting for him. Window, the door closes. Window goes up. He pulls out of a briefcase. The bat cowl. Done. And and what I love about that sequence is the angle that you choose, where Alfred yeah. is looking in the rearview mirror, and you see just a shadowy Bruce Wayne figure. And yep. then the next thing you know, you see the bat yep. cowl come on, and then you see Sha- Batman shadow instantly you you uh, you don't need to know anything else you're just like okay he's batman yeah. now he runs out the car and he's off in gotham it's nighttime he's doing his yeah. batman thing easy like that's yeah. great and then um and then i actually it's like just to show you the difference between writers uh marty pasco and michael reeves were furious at me over that furious Interesting. Ah, you can't do that you can't change our script um marv wolfman who I also mm. knew, um, who I saw right after it came on the air. But Marv Wolfman came up to me and he said, oh, man, it's like, you did that so well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That was awesome. It's just a it's a it's a really brilliant episode. I know, you know, mm-hmm. uh, well, this is me, obviously, um, being circumstantial here, but I think the idea was let's put our best first, right? Like yeah. I know Cat the Claw part one and two, well, part one went first because Batman Returns, Catwoman's in it. They were trying yeah. to obviously bring that around because that was coming out soon. And then they're like, okay, Leather Wings, that's obviously the first episode. Let's do that. And then they were straight into doing Heart of Ice. And then, yeah, uh, Clayface yeah. part one and two was, was the first two-parter that went back to back because, like I said, Cat the Claw was broken mm. up. Um, and it, I, I, look, you know, Heart of Ice, another tragic villain, Clayface, just the same. You know, I know it was the heavy hitters, you know, that I can see yeah. why they went first. They're, they're just brilliant episodes. Um, yeah, thank you so much for coming on the show again and sharing all of that stuff about Feet of Clay Part Two. It is instantly up there as one of my new favorite episodes. Um, I would, you know, it's it's we go through these episodes and we we haven't found one that has rivaled on Leather Wings yet for just the perfect <laughs> animation with music and story and voice acting. Just on Leather Wings is just pitch perfect for us. Yeah. So amazing. And I would say that, uh, for me at least personally, this is 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 equal to Unleather Wings or might slightly beat it up because you can't have part two without part one, and that's the only thing why I think Unleather Wings slightly beats it out. And again, this well, is all my yeah. opinion, you know, because part one is good, but it's no part two in my opinion of, of Feet of Clay. But it's just astounding. Like, when I watched this the other day, I was just like this is another level of this show that has just gone straight up, you know, like it's watching these episodes. You're like, okay. And then you get to like two face part one and two and you're like, Oh fuck me, this is good. And then you're going a bit further along and then you get to like heart of ice and you're like, Jesus, this is another level. And then you get to this and it's like, this is another level as well. So hats off to you, man, like you and everybody behind these episodes, just incredible work and and thank you for not only coming on this podcast but for doing the show and 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 making this amazing episode well you're welcome
<laughs> I mean, what else can you say, right? <laughs> what, can, what else can you say? I, um, you know, I, I love doing it, and um, I really appreciate when people really uh, appreciate it, and I, I love it. still love it, and they just keep coming back, and uh, and uh, just the fans, the fan base grows. It does, know? yeah. It yes. does, especially for this show. Yeah, there's there's parents introducing their kids, and that that continues yeah. on, which is really great to see. Well, um, you're talking about they they keep on coming back. I will certainly come back. I'm sure and drop in your <laughs> okay. your inbox again when it comes to more facts about shows. So yeah, thank you so much for coming on. And until next time, take care. You too. Thanks a lot. Well, that was fun. Who's for Chinese? That was pretty dope, bud. That was amazing. Yeah, pretty awesome. I mean, getting all of those, that behind-the-scenes info, and just, I can't wait to talk about this episode now because that was just so great. So thank you, Kevin, for coming on. Yes, thank you very much. All right, so I still have some fun facts, bud, just in case, you know, throw a couple out there, not a load, but I have some fun facts still. Okay, so some fun facts here. According to Bruce Tim, Tokyo Movie Shinsha, the studio that animated this episode, ignored the color instructions given to them and made their own color palette. The results were successful, and the Batman creative team were blown away by the animation sequences that they received. And fun fact, TMS was also the animation studio behind Spider-Man the Animated Series. Oh, okay. So that's pretty cool. I mean, I could see some of their uh, styling in this episode and how that would translate over into Spider-Man, but they really put their all into this episode. It was incredible to, to yeah. look at. I mean, God, that, that scene when he's changing into all those people at the end, and just incredible animation. But not only yeah. that, like, all of Clayface, like, just moving, transforming, like, all that stuff, it just looks absolutely terrific. It did. It was like an, another level for the show. I would say, in my opinion, that I I love On Leather Wings because the animation, the music, the story, everything came together beautifully. But I think that this episode slightly beats out On Leather Wings for me now. When you think about Leather Wings, I think I like it so much because it's really like it's that it's the early days. So it's like we got to keep the vibe of michael keaton's batman alive right? right i think that's why i really dig leather wings because it's like really tickling me in my nostalgia of like this is your childhood batman where this seems like a step more towards the animated series yeah i agree um i see what you mean so is on leather wings still number one for you right now as far as like everything just kind of you know animation music story all of that kind of Sits, it's you know, the vibe, perfectly. but I still just love mm. the vibe of that episode. The vibe in this one, though, that's what I loved. Like, I haven't come mm, across that cool. vibe that has rivaled on Leather Wings. Two Face Part One came very close, but um, I love. I just love this. I love the Clayface theme. I love the character. I love the storyline. I the animation. Everything was just so much fun to watch. They had a really good time watching. this I'd episode. I'd say for me, it's Leather Wings, Two Face, and then this episode. So far, is my three favorite. Right. That watched. That's yeah. It's a good choice. So many fans and critics have praised the episode for its dark tone. Bruce Tim and Paul Dini were reportedly so pleased with the episode they preferred to have it stand alone, and so did not bring Clayface back as a character for a very long time. No. Similarly to the similarly to Heart of Ice, that stood alone for a very long time until we get to another Mr. Freeze episode, just like Clayface, but we won't be there for quite some time. So those characters will be sitting in the wings for a while. 
The bad wings, is that what he's saying? Yeah, you know, like in the Isn't the saying waiting in the wings? Ah, shit, it is waiting in the wings. <laughs> Whoopsie. I'm shitting in the wings. Just sitting inside Batman's wings. Uh, to continue from last episode, I compared part one of this Clayface to part one of Two-Face to continue with part two of each of those episodes. The main villain seeks revenge against the one who turned him into a monstrous being. Obviously, Two-Face sorted out after Rupert Thorne, and then obviously Roland Daggett for Matt Hagen. Yes, they are very adopt- similar, aren't they? Yeah, he adopts a new name with the word face at the end of it. I mean, that's an obvious one, but still there. Wait a minute, what's going on here? (laughs) Out of compassion, Batman offers to help both villains find a cure for their condition, Harvey and Matt. And then finally, Batman is able to defeat both main villains in a psychological way, overwhelming Clayface by showing him his past roles, and overwhelming Two-Face by mixing up his coins in a pile of coins. Yeah, so it's like a classic Hollywood sequel, right? Where it's like, it's the same exact thing, but different. Yeah, as George Lucas says, it all comes around in a perfect circle. It's canon now, bitch. (laughs) Hey, no, not since Disney bought you out. You can't say that anymore, George. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so uh with this episode all right so what did you think of this episode as a whole let's get into our review what did you think of the character of clayface give me your thoughts uh excellent i mean still it feels more like a uh another example just like mr freeze of a spider-man style villain of like oh no i've been in this accident i'm a freak and, and now i do crime yeah um, true so anytime i see like the fantastical in batman it does put me off a little bit because i do love him as a grounded character but mm. Clayface is just an awesome character. He is a great character. You know, he's I like really like him. Hydro Man and Sandman and the Chameleon all combined into one thing. And Whoa, he fun. is. Yes, that's such a good shout. So, uh, yeah, I dig, I dig the character a lot. I think it's great backstory. I mean, Ron Perlman on The Voice. At one point I was watching, I was like, man, this is just Ron Perlman and uh, Ed Asda. Like, like, this is crazy. Like, these are big actors. Like, this is yeah. cool. Yeah, brilliant episode. Really well animated. Really well shot. Like the opening scene with Bruce going into the, you must have thought that was quite James Bondy, right? Like going into like the car and getting into his costume. Love, love that. I, I love Alfred's little outfit as well. His little driver's outfit. I thought that was yeah. pretty cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got his little whole hat and like I, gloves and everything. I must dress up for Bruce as I'm picking him up from <laughs> from the, the courtroom. I mean, he was picking him up from like jail. I mean, that, it's hmm. like you know, well, that's an event. <laughs> i also i thought that um it was great when he changed as you were saying and i love that shot where it's the rearview mirror and it's like bruce's silhouette yeah. of his head and then suddenly it's batman's cowl because he put the cowl on i thought that was really cool <laughs> although again he's changing into the most extensive outfit very quickly with minimal effort and also like i was thinking like if he, if he when he got arrested like it's good thing he wasn't wearing his Batman costume. Like apparently he always does, because then they would have like yeah. booked him and been like, "All right, get into your prison clothes. Like we're gonna like put your clothes away." And be like, "Why do you have a full Batman costume?" <laughs> oh, you're Batman. <laughs> Whoopsie. <laughs> <laughs> this utility belt, like an anal beads up my asshole. If you want to pull that out as well. <laughs> oh my god! That's how he ice it. Oh, Something oh, I learned got from it. Zatanna on my when I was doing my training. <laughs> Here comes the grapple gun. Oh. <laughs> it's a wide one. Um, so yeah, Clayface, as you were saying, and just like how he's combined with a lot of spider villains, he's also a lot like the T one thousand. I thought, like you know, just such a formidable foe. 
uh, and there's a bit of thing as well. Like I felt a vibe of the thing yeah, in, in Clayface. And I really dug that. I, I really like that. And I, I have always been scared of the T-1000 from Terminator as a kid because I was like, how do you, how do you kill this guy? You know, and it's a lot mm-hmm. like Clayface. You just can't stop him. I love that when he was fighting him on the rooftop, his hand turned into like that big claw hand because I was like, that was part of the action figure as a kid. I was kid. just about to ask you, do you remember the toy? Yeah. Oh, I love that toy so much. He had the, what's the name of like the old medieval weapon that's the ball with the spikes on it? Is that a mace? Mace, yes. He had the mace, and you could squeeze his stomach, and it would shoot yeah, the go, mace out of his yeah. arm. Yeah. And, and he the was other... delicious to suck on as a child. Nice <laughs> oh, is that one? <laughs> All right, and listeners may not know this because they haven't listened to Spider-Man the Animated Series, so why don't you go ahead and tell everyone what <laughs> you mean by that? As a kid, I, I'd like to like just, like a lollipop, put rubbery stuff in my mouth. Don't know what that means or anything. Maybe it was like getting off of the bottle as a child. I have no idea. Uh, but a lot of our toys had rubber parts to them. Like our Venom toy, you could take his head off and it was made of rubber. I sucked the paint off of that thing. It was just a black <laughs> rubber piece at the end of it. And same with Clayface. He was nice and rubbery as well. So I just liked yeah. it. It was a texture thing. It was comforting. Now you suck it on dildos. <laughs> I am not. <laughs> yeah, uh, Clayface, he had that uh, mace that he would shoot out, and he also his hand, I think, had like the, um, the like claw. almost like the knives that he made. Yeah, the claw, the claw hand he made. And it was coming through the clay, I think. Yes. Yeah, that was a great toy. Love that toy. Um, animation, as we've said, is just out of this, uh, out, just beyond excellent for this show. It's so good. I mean... I think that that sequence of Daggett and Germs just walking over those green vats was incredible. Like, Uh, the lighting. Yes, the lighting in this whole episode was really good. Just even Batman and Clayface on the rooftop, like, the lighting on both of them, fantastic, because Clayface has a lot of moving parts to him, and they really focus on all the depths of the shadows breaking in and everything. So, yeah, props to them. Hard to make a funny podcast when you get an episode like this. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, I know. There's a few things that we can uh, maybe pick up because I thought some of it was funny. But yeah, for the most part, I was just like enjoying the hell out of this episode. Um, so I love the exposition we get between Teddy and Clayface, where we're being told as an audience how Matt Hagen got addicted to the face cream. But they're both like, remember when this happened and you ended up this way because of this and then this? And they're like explaining to each other like, we know, but we're saying it like we both don't know. And I thought that was quite funny. Teddy is also so comfortable with the fact that his boyfriend is now this hideous, gigantic lump of sticky clay. Like, he's very accepting. I was like, what a dude. Isn't that lovely, though, that he yeah. loves him for who he is, not who he was, essentially. I know. But I was thinking, like, you know, was he kind of, when he found out he could morph, was he like, oh, my God, this is going to be great for me? <laughs> like, Can I- you turn into me and jerk me off? <laughs> <laughs> I'm into that. <laughs> I'm suspiciously too nice, so that, that's my dark side coming out. I felt so bad for him, though. Like, he made this delicious... Like, he must have spent ages making that roast chicken. And he, like, he brought it out for Matt. Exactly, exactly what my wife, my wife watched this episode with me. And she's like, he spent all that time roasting a whole chicken and all those vegetables. It must have taken him hours. And then Clayface turns around and smacks it out of his hand. The gore. I the know. The audacity. I think that's when Teddy was like, we're done. You know, because he yeah. doesn't see him after that. He's like, you ruined my dinner. I'm out. I made this for you. Yeah. You- a full chicken. 
<laughs> Clayface is like, the mashed potatoes and the gravy looks like me. <laughs> so so he doesn't, like, that's the law now? He doesn't need sustenance or anything like that? Yeah, I was going to say, like, it, he just, I guess he says, he I don't need to clay. rest. He says, I don't need to rest. But I'm like, you do need to rest because every time you morph into somebody, you're really tired. Yeah, but I think he means, like, he needs to sleep. All oh, right, so no sleep for Clayface, no eating for Clayface. He's just a big poo monster. He doesn't need to poop because he already is poop. Like, he lives in the sewers, like, quite a lot in episodes, and I'm like, are you mud or are you something else? Yeah, see, and it looks like sometimes he's got little bits of corn in him and stuff, like his teeth are like... <laughs> That's you know? His teeth are... Oh, God! <laughs> his teeth do look like candy corns and things like that. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> The color choices are my skin is poo brown and my teeth and eyes are piss yellow. So yeah. you make up what you want from that. <laughs> feet of clay and Teddy feet still of, loves feet him. Of shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't believe Teddy still loves him. Yeah. You know, like oh, well, man. that's true love, baby, isn't it? Do you think he smells? Do you think Clayface has like a smell? Well, clay has a certain smell to it, so I guess he smells yeah. like clay. Oh, that could be worse, I guess. Um, I do like how Clayface compares his ability to change into anyone is like it's tensing a muscle. That like that made me instantly know like what's his power threshold. Like he can do it, but he can only do it for so long. And I I thought that was a really good analogy. Yeah, you know that was good exposition. Yeah. Uh, so also like I thought it was really dark of a cartoon that Germs was going to kill Lucius Fox by smothering him with a pillow. Yes, I agree. That was that was some adult shit, right? Yeah, but, but we have to we have to talk about something that's about to happen, which is ridiculous in this episode, and that is the he runs away from Batman, right? The the guy who's the germaphobe into a room that's full of like random diseases and all this type of stuff. But it's it's a non refrigerated room yes, with an yes. open door policy that yeah. does not exist. That is not and a also, real thing. Not just an open door, but the vials that contain all these diseases and viruses, some of them don't have tops. So I'm like, they're just emitting into the air. <laughs> and some are just loose on the shelf, not like packed away or anything. Yeah, That's I just agree. ridiculous. Why is seawater doing in there as well? Why is the seawater in there? Maybe they, well, you know, they could have found a, found a dead body that has Gems, a specific type of yeah. seawater in it. So they take seawater samples from around places to find... Yeah. I don't think they're that smart at that department because they're leaving everything open and they, the door's I got, open. I got bad news for you. Our forensic department is ruined because uh, it was not refrigerated, which apparently <laughs> needs to be. And I went in there and I sneezed and I knocked seven things down. They kind of blended into one. And I think there's a big poopy clay monster in there as well. So I'm just not going to go in there anymore. I know. I thought it was ridiculous. So that whole interrogation scene, even though it was ridiculous, I did think was cool to see Batman, like, oh, you know, using that to his advantage to get the info and it was um, seawater the whole time and it was seawater the whole time which was great but I Batman's, do like... done, Batman's done a lot of interrogation these past two episodes and i love it i think there yeah. should be more batman interrogation. it's one of those things you forget like and when, when you see it you're like oh yeah batman like picking on like a little thug and like doing fucked up shit to them that's my jam i love it yeah, me too. I do love that. There's uh, a few episodes that come to mind that are coming up where he does some cool stuff like that. But I agree, more interrogation scenes, the better. Like, uh, when we played the Arkham games, you would do so much cool interrogation stuff. I loved that. Mm. Or that old Punisher game where it's like, choose something the in the room. Yeah, to like 
interrogate them with and and yeah that was awesome i love yeah, that. that that game was crazy like you you could like there was like a place full of sharks that you could dunk people into or like yeah there was like a, a whole thing of like mercury you could dip someone's head into and just hardware store with like uh, like a bandsaw and like all of this other stuff super creative stuff and i never understood like i, I didn't know at the end like you can choose just to completely annihilate them I can't remember if you're supposed to do that or you lose points for doing that. I can't remember, but I always did it. I was like, oh, yeah, this Yeah, you're the punisher. Fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> you got the info and then you're like, you're a criminal. I kill you. That's his MO. That's I thought, right. Yeah, that's how it goes. Uh, so Clayface showing up as the cop was really great in that scene when during the interrogation. I love how his eyes turn yellow when he's revealing himself behind the disguise. I think that's really cool. Yeah. Um yeah, it is spooky. And then he like, slaps some clay onto the mouth of germs to shut him up. I was like, that's cool too. I love that. Yeah, that's that's great stuff. It's quite like demonic possession-y to like have someone's eyes just like to change a different color. Reminds yes. me a bit of like the Evil Dead or something like that. I think it's really cool. Yeah, yeah, I love that. But can you imagine being Batman and seeing Clayface for the first time? Like every villain so far you've seen has like had some abilities, but they all look like a man or a woman. And then you're suddenly like facing this gigantic gooey like mud man. And like if I if I was Batman, I'd be like, nope, I'm out. Like, no way. A big poo monster. That's where I draw the line, Alfred. <laughs> I fought men as clowns. I fought even people with the abilities of freeze. But at least that was from a gun. Right, Alfred? Right, sir? but a giant poo monster that came out of the Gotham City sewer? A yuck. <laughs> I agree, sir. Big time yuck. I'm glad you're home. I think, yes, yes. Hang up your cows, sir. That's it. You're done. Yeah, I'm done, Alfred. <laughs> what are we eating tonight, Alfred? Mashed potatoes, sir. Oh, no! <laughs> Meatloaf. <laughs> <laughs> I love that Batman moment is when he saves germs uh, from being thrown off the side of the building and Clayface turns around and sees Batman for the first time and Batman's just cape has flown in the wind. His music comes in. He's like reeling in that bat rope, which he uses a lot in this episode. He uses yeah. like the batarang on the bat rope quite a bit. Uh, so we got Clayface like morphing his head into Batman's cow the moment he sees him, which I thought was really mm. cool. Like I'm going to collect your likeness for future use kind of thing. Kind of like in the... Um the uh, Avengers Age of Ultron movie when the Vision looks at Thor and suddenly grows a cape. Right? Yes, like yes. Yeah, it's cool stuff. I like stuff like that. Yeah, I like the stuff like that too. And then Clayface discovers his powers even more. He's able to change into metals as well, which I thought was really cool, like him discovering all that. But I did think the lobster claw was a bit too much. That was a <laughs> random pull. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you, you, it was right before his brain stopped working like so well, so... He was, you know, he was at his limit. It would scare me. Giant lobster claws? They're going to snap you in half? <laughs> Chop your fingers off? No, thank you. You're like, the smell, too. Oh, I hate it. <laughs> That's the smell of clay, you idiot. <laughs> and poo. <Yeah. laughs> but he's like, hammer, uh, size, like knives, and he's like, lobster claw, why not? That just popped into my head. <laughs> I think it's great. <laughs> and they're cooked lobster claws as well, because they're red. That's, yeah, because they come back later, but they're clay. But in that instance, they are proper red lobster claws, yeah. Cooks lobster claws. He's, like, adding butter to it. Batman's, like, <laughs> licking it as he's like, mm, that's nice. <laughs> this tastes pretty good. <laughs> it's poo. Why? <laughs> 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 Foiled again. <laughs> 
So I get that Batman has to do his research, right, on villains so he can find ways to defeat them. But asking Alfred to bring down that massive stack of videotapes that are all Matt Hagen films, I was like, that's way too much. Like, Batman, you don't have enough time to watch all of those movies. Like, there's like 12 of them. Do you think Alfred was like, oh, is it movie night, sir? I'll I'll make the popcorn, sir. (laughs) The gummy treats as well. And if we're on soda, we'll sit down and watch them. Well, Alfred, that sounds great. (laughs) I'll get the blankets. (laughs) <laughs> well, make sure you get two blankets this time, sir. I didn't like sharing last time. Oh, but I like feeling your warmth against my skin. And not your parents, they're dead. Remember that. I remember it every day, Alfred. I'm the freaking Batman. <laughs> Can we just watch a movie without getting into an argument every time, Alfred? <laughs> what about this one, sir? It's called Crime Alley. <laughs> it's called oh dear my parents died <laughs> dark comedy i think you'll like it <laughs> whoopsie doo my parents are dead too ah the sequel <laughs> sir where oh, he's gone <laughs> i say i sit and watch my fireplace but really i am secretly a cinephile <laughs> Alfred is a cinephile. Yeah, when, oh. Batman, when Batman goes out and patrols, Alfred's just like going through <laughs> every single classic movie and like watching everything. <laughs> Trying to put it into conversation, as Batman's just like, "I fought a new villain tonight," and he's like, "Well, how was the uh, how was the villain dressed? Did he look like one of my new favorite films, uh, Chinatown? Was he dressed like <laughs> like uh, my Jack Nicholson from that movie?" What do you think his mother, his daughter, his mother is like? Hmm? <laughs> oh, Alfred. <laughs> They're looking at, like, the computer, and it's like, oh, look at all the inmates of Arkham Asylum, Alfred. Yes, you could say that many of them flew over the cuckoo's nest. Um, <laughs> I, apparently, I rented the Jack Nicholson combo pack, and that's why I've only been watching Jack Nicholson movies. He's looking at you, Bruce. He's like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, Alfred, I've just discovered the identity. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. <laughs> ah, I love the smell of napalm in the mornings. <laughs> Things are so random That's for you. <laughs> Alfred's watching Full Metal Jacket. <laughs> Rosebud, sir, Rosebud. <laughs> <laughs> just, just out of nowhere. <laughs> So uh, I do love Clayface pretending to be this woman in the crowd during the talk show, but I laughed when he said, you can't stop using it without horrible pain, and does like this whole like extended face. Hmm. And I was like, okay, I get it. But it was just a bit of extra acting out of that particular voice actor. I thought it was very funny. And then I did notice all the detail that went into animating each individual person in that crowd was very impressive. Like, mm. again, just so extensive in this episode. It makes it so much better. I do love the uh, the Clayface vs. Batman sequence on the stage because, like, he swings in on this grapple and he just looks... It's such a cool angle. There were so many cool angles in this mm. episode. And Clayface turns into a giant boulder at one point and, like, bowls yes. through the wall. And smashes through the wall. I remember that's, that was the end of... Yeah. Yeah, that was really good stuff. And then uh, Batman leads Clayface into an editing room where he shows him all of his past roles and what he used to be in order to psychologically disarm him. Um, and I just thought that was great. What did you feel about that as the way to like get to Clayface? It worked, right? I, I, I think it was cool. Uh, but we have skipped over the fact that the way the Master of Disguise, Bruce Wayne, snuck into that room was oh fully my dressed as Batman 
but with a, a jumpsuit on and a hat. Like, you could clearly see a cowl underneath, and he just keeps his head down as he goes through. I don't, and like, he, Batman, he's like a six foot eight man. He's huge. Like, <laughs> he comes in the room, you're gonna notice him. You can't just tip your head down like you're blending in. That was ridiculous to me, but I very agree. Funny. Very funny. And also, he's got the gloves on. You can see the gloves holding the cart. Yes. And the cow nose that's yeah. like, and he's so conspicuous. He's trying to be, but like shrugging your shoulders and his up. Outfit's like pure white as well, like just like sticking out like against his dark cloaked figure. Yeah, it was a terrible disguise. Like, was he out <laughs> of disguises that day? Yeah, I just think he may have given up at that point. But also, also like, it's funny to me that if he went even further and he was just like, ah, busy day today, like drawing complete attention to himself, just, <laughs> ah, it's, it's kind of cold out there. So I kept, put my gloves on and uh, the doctor says I need to cover up the side of my face because uh, the wind uh, can cause severe acne on my face. Uh, I'm not Batman. Uh, I'm not Bruce Wayne either. So goodbye. (laughs) Yeah. um, And especially because like Clayface is obviously the master of disguise that he has seemed to be in this episode. And Batman you think would step up his disguise game, but he steps down big time. How are you going to sneak in there, sir? Do you know what, Alfred? I'm just going to fucking put a jumpsuit on and wing it. Half these people don't pay attention. Do they get a bet on? He's like, I'll bet you get caught if you do that, sir. <laughs> yeah, You're exactly. Yeah. If I win, I get to choose the movie tonight, Alfred. <laughs> and we're watching Zorro. Again, sir. <laughs> we need at least not watch the Antonio Banderas version. No, the original. There's a scene in that movie where he literally hides in an outfit underneath a hood and he pretends to be someone, but he's clearly Zorro. And he gets away with an outfit. (laughs) Uh, I did love every bit of the ending with Clayface and Batman, but the one thing I did find a bit far-fetched is when Clayface morphed into Bruce Wayne and the cops are like, hey, that looks just like Bruce Wayne. (laughs) I'm like, so that exonerates him then? Just that one thing? That's the exact reason why it's in this. And they could be like, oh, that guy clearly made himself look like Bruce Wayne. Therefore, Bruce Wayne has been exonerated. Yeah, a lot of jump to conclusion mats there, though. You know what I mean? Like, I was those cops clearly aren't the sharpest tools in the shed. So the fact they managed to deduce that very quickly out of seeing Bruce Wayne once and this giant clay figure, I thought was very interesting, especially because they haven't seen Clayface yet. So they're like, okay, I get it. He can morph into anyone. And oh, look, there's Bruce Wayne. And he must have pretended, okay, case closed. Let's go home. And Batman's like, it's why still, am I here? Yeah. The creature's still just freaking out and changing. He's like, now we're down here. There. We solved the main case. Batman's got the rest of this. What am I going to arrest a giant turd? Like, well, I can't put handcuffs on that. got enough giant turds in my department, if you know what I'm saying. Hey, oh. Uh, it's also hilarious that they all thought Clayface was dead, but his death scene was so poorly acted. Like, for a great actor, he's like, I would have given anything for a death scene like this. And he just like, just instantly is like, I'm dead now. Has everyone left? My wife said it looks like her lying in the bed when he's, like, laying on the floor. <laughs> and how do you move a dead Clayface? Like, that'd be like picking up a pile of mud. I was like, how do no, they no, get... No, no, because he hardens at that point. Well... He was hardened later. Yeah, we get to that at the end. No, but like, I think he, I think he hardened at that point. So they moved him, and then when they opened it up, he had bristled and then turned to dust. But then, shell. where did where did the original? Where did the live clay face go? That's what I'm wondering. Like, I think he was in the shell. Like he oh. made like an external shell. That's gonna be so heavy to pick up. Oh my god! You need like a crane to get 
that thing out of there. I was like, you that dude is heavy. Super heavy? I think he's super heavy. Much heavy, man. Yeah. I would say he's pretty heavy. Um, anyway, at the end of the episode, we see Lucius Fox exonerating Bruce Wayne on TV whilst wearing a very fetching green scarf that he seemed quite chuffed with. Do you see him? He's like, yeah, and anyway, Bruce Wayne and I are friends again. And he's got this like lovely green scarf on that he's like, I, I don't like scarf this. from him. I don't like this version of Lucius Fox. It, it doesn't fit. It's the same as the way I feel about Commissioner Gordon in the Keaton universe. So I'm like, you're not Commissioner. <laughs> you're some fat old guy that likes gambling. Get out of here. You there. <laughs> Classic. Who is this guy? I don't know, but until we find out, you better keep a lid on it. <laughs> I'm Commissioner Gordon. No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> so we we cut to the Batcave where Batman discovers the effects of electricity on a small sample taken from Clayface, and he discovers that the death scene was fake. Side note: Do you think the sample of Clayface that Batman has in the cave will find its way back to Clayface? Yeah, I think it's like the Iron Giant, right? Like, I think it's all going to be... Oh, that's nice. nice. It's like the symbiotes as well. Like, they, it all has to come back. It can't just be hanging out separate. Yeah, oh, I was going to say, is Clayface, like, missing an ear or something for the rest of his life because yeah, Batman's yeah. got it in the cave? It's, it's like his nut. <laughs> <laughs> it's like his left nut. <laughs> Uh, and then we see a shell of Clayface's body disintegrate and poor Teddy thinks he's lost his boyfriend and all alone and whilst he's being watched by Clayface disguised as a woman he walks away and then Clayface lets out a vicious laugh as his eyes turn yellow and that is the end of the episode and Teddy just turns around like Matt? no no it's uh, Matilda. <laughs> Your eyes are piss yellow, Matt. I know it's you. <laughs> I can smell clay. It's what? clearly you. What's he? <laughs> <laughs> so next thing we're going to review is, as it is September, and Mask of the Phantasm is coming out on 4K this month, we are going to do a two-parter review of mask of the phantasm first and then probably take a little break we have a guest as well that will probably come in as an episode but uh, right now in my life i got a lot going on i've got to move house um my job um, that i'm doing right now is coming to an end so it's quite a busy time of year for me right now so we're going to try and not have too much of a break in between episodes which is why we're doing this mask of the phantasm two-parter then we have a guest that's coming on, a writer of from Batman the Animated Series. Then we'll probably have a little break. Uh, we're going on holiday as well, aren't we, bud? We're going away yeah. for a little bit, which is nice. So instead of we, as much as we want to get to Joker's favor really badly, we felt like it would be great to do Mask of the Phantasm because that's a big old movie that we can review, break it up into two parts for you guys. And then once we have our guest and we have a little break, We'll come back with a vengeance and do Joker's favor. So we'll have that episode to look forward to when we come back, which I think works really well. I can't wait to see it. I'm trying not to hype it up because I do remember loving the episode. So I'm, I've, and it has some classic lines in it for me that I just love so much. So I will try and keep my uh, hype at a minimal, minimum. Yeah. Yes, that will be something you can all look forward to. But yeah, next week, Mask of the Phantasm Review Part 1. When was the last time you saw that movie? I think I I watched it with you um, a couple of years ago or something like that. I think you just chucked right. it and we watched it and then you did your usual gush over it and gave me all these facts that I didn't ask for. And, so like this I, podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
Well, at least we can. At least we're trying to monetize this. I can't monetize <laughs> just sitting on the sofa with you and tell me shit I don't want to hear. Uh, yeah, so we'll do that next week, and you'll get some facts, and we'll review part one of Mask of the Phantasm. Okay, next up, we've got our first game of the day, which is Riddle Me This, William. Focus, focus, focus. But you'll still have to answer the riddle. I can't believe it's luck. Oh, darn. Now there's a riddle for you. A lucky guess, that's all. Now, now, no sore losers. <laughs> this is a game I play with my brother where I ask him three questions on the episode we just watched to make sure he was paying attention. Feel free to play along at home or in your car or wherever you are. Question one, buddy. Are you ready? I am ready. Okay, what is the name of the cosmetic product Daggett is selling and Clayface is addicted to? Um, it's spelt funny, but it's a word. Dig my Daggett. No, I mean, I mean that would be something very different, I think. But um, uh, do you want a clue? The first like part of the word is re, R-E. Re-sculpture. No. Re-sculpt. Nope. Revitalize. Uh, you're getting a bit re- closer. Re 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 re. Uh, the answer is renew. Renew. But it's spelled R E N E Y U. So it was like you know what cosmetic brands do. They do it like kind of fancy and like oh we're spelling it in this way to make you pay attention to it more. Well, it's probably also so you can hold copyright on it because renew is such a brilliant word that someone might have that in a different space. Yeah, that's a good point as well. I was in advertising once. (laughs) Not anymore. (laughs) Question two. Clayface says, I'm not an actor anymore. I'm not even a blank. What is that word he says at the end there when he's talking to Teddy? A man? Correct. He says, I'm not even a man. Question three. I'm a big piece of poo. (laughs) I don't even have a dick anymore. I've just got poo. Pee-pee colored eyes and teeth. (laughs) Question three. Name the virus that Batman threatens germs with during the interrogation. Uh, Starts with a C. It does. Yeah, it's a color. Uh, The color, is it? Mm, Starts with a C. Color. Color. Okay, so it's not crystal virus. It's like cobalt virus. No, it's close. It's a form of red, the color. Crimson virus. Correct. Crimson fever is the right answer. Crimson I'll give it there. And then for an extra point, what was it actually? Uh, seawater sample. Yeah, seawater analysis. Again, I'll analysis, give that to you. Yeah. Well done, well done. Yeah, that's, that's seawater, all right. Put it on the <laughs> non-refrigerated shelf so we can forget about it. Can I leave the lid open? Of course you can leave the lid open. That's, that's our idea. <laughs> yeah. Okay, question four. What does Batman say when he first sees Clayface change his face into the Bat mask? It's slightly religious, and it's one of the few times we hear religious statements. Jesus fucking Christ! (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit! (laughs) Uh, He says, I'll give you a clue, he says, what in the name of blank? What in the name of God? No. Christ? Where does God live? Heaven. Yep, correct. I'll give you half a point for that. What in the name of heaven? Question five. Name three items that Clayface morphs his hands or body into. 
There's loads in this, let's name three. I'll try and name as many as possible. How about that? I get a cool. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, a hammer, big hammer. Yeah. Lobster claws. Lobster claws. Uh, the claw hand. Yeah, claw hand. The, the mace. Mace. Uh, am I missing anything? Uh, yeah. There's one that we talked about when he was fighting Batman on the stage. Dan, da, dan, 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 dan. A whip. No. A whip. You sang in the other Jones. Yes. What does he run from? Uh, oh, I thought you were talking about his hands turning into things. Yes, a big boulder. Oh, I said his hands or body. Okay, gotcha. Big boulder. And then there's, there's, there's one more because it's his hand, but there's something that he does. Well, he shoots his hand to grab Batman. And keeps yeah, and it's this giant hand, which is crazy. Um, yeah, all right. Yep, that's as many as I got that I could see. If I missed any, then... Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, bud. There were some extra questions there, and you got most of them right. A lot of people like listen to the show thinking like, "We are the ultimate experts on this show." We're not. Like, we're not. We really are not. And so it's like people are like, "How could you get that wrong?" Because we're fucking human. So <laughs> if you want correct analysis of stuff, then do your own fucking research. You big time. Um, do your own podcast. Yeah. Do your, do your own podcast. You. Rob, <laughs> as a uh, bully, uh, high school bully, Mr. Mr. Freeze. Freeze. <laughs> and then you got uh, Big Bad Harv coming in as well, giving purple nerfs. Yeah, too. those two are definitely hanging out, bullying kids. <laughs> give that, give that nerd a purple nerfle, Mr. Freeze. Oh no! Oh no! No! Noogie. I still love in that. Outlaws of Sue, it's like, Mr. Freeze, weren't you a scientist? Yeah, but now I'm really cool. <laughs> uh, love it. It's so funny. I love how we're laughing at our own jokes, but that's why yeah. we do it, right? Yeah, yeah it's good stuff. Uh, okay, it's our next game of the day Ace the Bat Sound. This is a game that we play with you, the listener. Each week, I play a brief music clip from the show, and you have to guess who the character is or the title of the episode that the music belongs to. The answer to each clip will be revealed in the following episode. So last week, we had this music clip. And if you still don't know, here's a clue of a voice clip from that episode. It was out of my control, and it only needs one more component to complete the process. It's in me, Batman. Batman. <laughs> 
So I I instantly love that because it's to do with a transformation sequence that scared the crap out of me as a kid and still kind of puts me on edge today. Buddy, why don't you go ahead and tell everyone what that musical clip, what episode is that from? It's on Leather Wings, Batman. <laughs> Very good. That's right, indeed, on Leather Wings. Still your favorite. Yeah, I'd say so, so far, just in terms of vibe. Yep. Maybe rivaled by Joker's Favor. Who knows? Wait I think find Joker's out. Favor will knock it down a peg, yeah. Yeah, you think so? Um, and also maybe Mask of the Phantasm. That counts, you know, if you're like, that was no, the best No, it doesn't thing. count. That's the film. You don't think it counts for... No. No? Okay, our rankings, it's its own thing. No, that's fair. Um, well, there's more movies as well that we'll watch, so we can always have a separate favorite movie list, can't we? Okay, here's the music. Well, Phantasm wins that one. So no yeah, point. Exactly. I was just thinking that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like Top Zero the best. Okay, here's the musical clip for next week's episode where you'll have to name the episode that the music is from. Maybe that's going to ring some bells for you guys. Particular episode that I'm really fond of, but we'll reveal that next time. Okay, it's our next category of the day. You've got mail. Oh, by the way, this came for you an hour ago by messenger. You've got mail. Thank you, Alfred. This is where I take all your comments, your emails, your reviews, put everything in a big old bag, and I pull it out and I read it on the episode. So first off, we've got a really lovely little... Uh, someone dropped some money into the tip jar, and that'd be Coach Dan, who wrote in last week. Coach Dan dropped some money into the tip jar this oh. week, which is super nice. Thank you so much. That's very He's, kind. He said, heard that nobody had tipped you yet on the Be A Clown review episode, so he's still catching up. So I thought I'd tip you guys a little price of a pint so you can have half a pint each or two pints each in a shit weather spoons, he said. <laughs> That's great. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. God, I haven't been to a weather spoon in years. Oh, I, I go uh, not as not loads but like i find myself in there sometimes especially on like a late night out with friends where you're just like oh yeah this is the spoons and it's open so we're going in the last time i was in a weather spoons i think it was 2017 or 2018 so it's been like five years my girlfriend went into a spoons recently for some work thing and she came out like shook she was so depressed she's like I've seen people that look like they're just waiting to die there or like oh, have had the hardest life ever we're talking early morning weather spoons action? Yes, yes. It was like oh. just before midday, and it was people like people having a, a pint of beer with their like 
breakfast and stuff yes. like that. Yeah. 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 I know and exactly looking, what she's talking about. And looking like they haven't slept in years and like got some real problems. Yeah. She was like, why are we meeting here? <laughs> because every, look, in England, every pub has a local. And if, if the locals to Spoons, woof. <laughs> move away. <laughs> May they find happiness in their lives. Yes. So they, thank you, they Dan. They probably won't, but I hope that they will. <laughs> So thank you, Coach Dan, for that. Um, yeah, we way to definitely... bring down the mood, Coach Dan, by talking about <laughs> sad people at Weatherspoons. God. Well, that was me more, but yeah, we'll probably do the half pint at a nicer pub and not do the two full pints at a Weatherspoons. And next time you tip, I like a double scotch, so. <laughs> then we've also got listener N.P. Colello. I don't have a full name, but N.P. Colello also dropped some money into our tip jar and just oh. simply said... Keep up the good work, which was awesome. So thank you so much, MP. Whatever your actual name is, really appreciate that. That's very kind. Thank you very much. Now I can get that double scotch. (laughs) Then we got Apple Podcast Review uh, from listener Harrison McGee, who says, five stars. Love this podcast. It makes me laugh so much. I was born in the early 2000s. I remember watching Batman, Superman, the two Justice League shows, and The Batman from 2004 and many other Marvel, Star Wars, DC, DC shows as well. Do you think y'all would do a podcast about Justice League and the Justice League Unlimited? Probably not. Probably not, yeah. And we don't mean to say that so bluntly, but didn't really watch it as a kid. And as much as, okay, that doesn't mean we can't do a podcast about it. We're we're big fans of Batman on his own, aren't we? Or like yeah. some Bat family. But yeah, when he's part of the Justice League, I was never into that anyway and we want to do batman and then there's other shows we want to get on to so uh samurai jack watch out gotta get hell yeah back to the past samurai jack that'd be fun yeah that would be fun so yeah thank you so much for leaving us a review harrison really appreciate it but no justice league from us okay then we got a spotify review on feet of clay part one from listener anton who says totally love feet of clay and your review would definitely recommend batman broken promise it's really good and only 15 minutes long also do you think tom cruise would be a good batman no no (laughs) another another no i knew it was just like let me change let me change my answer never (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i don't no, I mean, look, everyone's got their choices and, you know, sometimes you see things like we chose What's-His-Face as our Batman. Um, Miles Teller. Miles Teller. And everyone was like, no, don't see it. Hate it, hate it, hate it online. So everyone's got their choice. And I'm like, I don't see Tom Cruise. I don't see it, but maybe you see something we don't. Yeah, well, um, I, if I would have never chosen Michael Keaton and he's still my favorite on-screen Batman. So yeah. But I just don't see Tom Cruise pulling it off. But um, as far as uh, Broken Promise, as you recommended, and it was recommended last time by listener Rebecca, I did check it out today, the 15-minute animated fan film. I thought it was pretty good. I thought that for an amateur animation, um, it was pretty entertaining. It's got over a million views on YouTube, so it's obviously done very well. Um, And it was quite fun. It was a very sort of Nolan and the Batman type of like feel to this universe but there was also odes to the animated series in there like very obvious ones so i didn't mind it i thought it was fun we got an email from listener adam waters hi alex and will discovered your podcast through tiktok and instantly fell in love i have been a longtime batman fan and because of this i've been binge listening to your podcast and love every episode also i have a question which episode do you feel has the best music score and supporting animation slash artwork well, this episode had probably the best animation we've seen yet, right? With the yes. Clayface spinning around. 
And he has a great song as well, I'm Clayface. But yeah. in terms of the whole show, oof, I don't know. I love Joker's favorite. Great soundtrack. Yeah. Though I wouldn't say, I don't. I know, I don't remember the animation being particularly amazing. Mm. Laughing Fish is, is classic. So. On Leather Wings, though. Also great yeah. animation and great music. I would say that, again, our top three are On Leather Wings, Two-Face Part 1, and uh, Clayface Part 2. And I think they all have amazing scores and amazing animation. But I would say today's episode for me, as far as like animation with music, I think just yes, beats out on their wings. Very well animated episode. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I didn't even ask you, did you like part two more than part one for Clayface? I think they're both equally as good. Yeah? Oh, that's interesting. Most people lean towards part two, including me. I said that last week. But yeah, I mean, without yeah, part I, one, you can't have part two, really. So I get it. I love Batman on, in the Bat Plane and the interrogation. Like that's some yeah, cool stuff. That was some cool stuff. Uh, and then we've got a message from listener Mark McConville who says, I know these aren't the best picks, but I found this old promotional booklet and I thought these picks would have major nostalgia for you and your brother. Love the pod and wish you guys the best. I'll show you these pictures now, bud. They're not they're not the easiest to see, but do you remember these toys? The Batman Forever toys? Yes, uh, absolutely. Especially those giant rubber bat wings, like the uh, bats. Was it? Yeah, I was going to say, were those ones you sucked on as well? It's like um, probably. What would you call that? Like a bat uh, glider? Yeah, that was yeah, like bat a glider. bat wing glider. Um, there's some more. There's even that like old gray Batmobile we had from the Legends of the Dark Knight series. Mm, yeah, Th- that was awesome. And then finally, there's some animated series toys as well. I don't have my glasses on, so I just see smudges, but okay. they look like very nostalgic smudges to me. <laughs> uh, he said, hopefully you can use these pics to bring up talking about the toys at some point. I think it would be fun to hear you guys talk about your toys because you both seem very passionate about them. Um, absolutely. We're going to do a toy review episode, which uh, leads me to my question to you, bud. How do you feel about like trying to find old Batman toy like collections that maybe we could see as part of our toy review? What do you mean? Well, so we did a toy review for Spider-Man. And yeah. what I did was I we just looked at a bunch of pictures of toys. But I would love to see a large collection of Batman toys in person or even maybe over Zoom. Um, yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. So if anyone out there knows someone with a massive Batman the Animated Series collection, I think that would be awesome, bud, if we could get them on the show and we could hop on Zoom together and have a look at these toys in person because it's one thing to look at pictures, and I know it's a picture, but someone's actually going to be holding that figure, right? And we're going to mm. see like lots of details that we're going to bring back nostalgia. So, yeah, write us in at BatmanTASPod on the interwebs or BatmanTASPod at gmail.com. Uh, if you know someone that has a large collection that would like to be on our show. Otherwise, I was thinking we could look at old uh, toy commercials for the show. It would be a lot of fun as part of our review and lots of cool stuff. So that will be an episode in the pipeline down the road. And if you enjoy this podcast, please be sure to leave us a five-star review on whatever you're listening to us on right now, as it helps us back grapple up the charts and attract both new listeners and guests. And if you leave a review, we might read it out on the pod at the end of each episode. And please subscribe or follow us on your preferred podcast platform of choice if you haven't yet already. Also, you can follow us on social media at Batman TAS Pod on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, everywhere, but the app formerly known as Twitter which is at Batman TAS pod one. And that is because why? Because we are the number one Batman, the animated series podcast.
You got damn right. And in the description of this episode, you'll find a tip jar where you can gift us any amount of money you can afford to give, if you so wish. As we aren't billionaire playboy philanthropists, any amount you can afford to give us is not necessary, but always greatly appreciated. And finally, you can follow me everywhere at Chef Alex Robson, and you can follow Will on his socials to stay up to date on what he's working on and get a glimpse into the workday of a comic book artist and a writer. Will, where can our listeners find you? Anywhere at Robson Inc. And that's R-O-B-S-O-N-I-N-K on the internet. And please check out my current Kickstarter, which is live. Outbreaks issues one through two. I'm trying to raise enough money to get it colored, printed, and shipped. And I need your help. So please come out and help me make this book a reality. Uh, Thank you very much. Absolutely. All right, it's our last section of the day, which is what you're putting in your holes. Buddy, what is filling all of your crevices and holes? Um, started now, I, f- I finished the, the recent season of What We Do in the Shadows because the last two episodes came out, um, which was Oh, great. did they? Oh, I, I'm, I'm up to date besides the last episode, so I've got one new one to watch, I guess. Great. Um, and I very much enjoyed it. Me too. I love that show. So me and my wife have started rewatching it now, and my wife always laughs because there's many things that Matt Berry does that reminds her of me. So I've been really, I've been really hamming it up at home when she gives past me like a glass, like can I have a glass of vinyl, please? And she gives it, in. I go, yes, it's very good, thank you. Amazing. Um, there was what it was that we were watching an episode, and he says a certain line, and she's like, that reminds me of you, like always oh it's he, he's in the shopping center and this lady comes up with a purse perfume like would you like to try it and he just goes no fuck off yeah there's no fi- there's no filter there's no nicety to it you're like no go away like fuck no, off you're fuck off. you're no, not annoying me um, yeah that's brilliant i love that i also love uh sexual intercourse yeah i don't know about you but the, now i'm in the room for some sexual intercourse yeah. <laughs> Love that. I also love Nando as well. I am Nando. And I, I've been like messing with my wife, like, I'm going into the fridge and I'm going to choose a very tasty snack for me to have. Which is awesome. So I've, I've just been doing lots of impressions of it. Uh, yeah, and fun. you used to do it with your dog where you're like, Yeah, she's been a very, very naughty yes. familiar. She's been a very naughty familiar, my little baba. Yeah. Uh, anything else that's filling your holes besides that show? Um, not really that much, I'd say. Just been watching that. Um, and yeah. There's a new season. There's a new season of Ghost Files on YouTube that I've been watching. Yes. Uh, Well, I've watched only one episode so far. Yeah. And I've then started to go back and watch some that I haven't seen before. So I've been diving in because spooky season, it's a bit early, but I'm like, it's happening another like, you know, month and a bit. So I'm, I'm down. I am full on ready for spooky season. My, uh, my wife went out and got, because uh, in the stores there's some stuff. Even though all the Christmas stuff is out now in the stores, the Halloween I know. stuff has like been put in the corner. Ridiculous, but um, I mean, like that's how retail makes the majority. I think eighty percent of their sales are like from October to December, so you can't blame them for being like push it, push it. <laughs> yeah, and um, also in this country, Halloween is not a thing. Well, it's growing, though. It definitely yeah, is growing. Yeah, but it's nowhere I mean, near, you know, like what it is in America, yeah. No, of course not, but it's getting there. I mean, my neighborhood does like a little like fun trick-or-treating uh, scavenger hunt that I'm a part of that I very much like enjoy. I like anybody that in the neighborhood that organizes something. It makes me feel wholesome, you know? 
<laughs> would you like to be part of the, the neighborhood scavenger hunt? I'm like, of course I would, because this is, uh, we're in a civilization and we're very civil, thank you. Which oh! is so weird, because, yeah, like, if they ask you some other question, you'd be like, no, fuck no, off. Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> so they're like, that guy's so hot and cold, I don't know. Yeah, no, exactly. You want to sign up for this? No, fuck off. But it's like, <laughs> if you want to, do you want to scavenge a hunt for all the little kiddlywinks that are going to come around and do trick or treating on Halloween? Yes, of course I'll do that. That's, that's great. Speaking of which, I had a guy come to my door the other day um, asking for donations to help, like, rescue animals, right? So, um, like, oh, my dog's a rescue animal and I help yes, every day. Goodbye. That's pretty much what it was. Like, and just because I've, like, you know, rescued my dog doesn't mean I, I don't care about other ones because I really do. And I, I, I love animals so much, especially dogs. But it was like a monthly subscription. You know, I would have been like, yeah, I'll really? give you like five quid. But they're like, we're asking for like eight pounds a month. And I was like, I just can't swing that. And I was like, but I, you know, the one thing that makes me feel a little better is I said to him, I didn't say it makes me feel better, but I was like, the one thing at least is I've got my rescue dog here, you know, and I told him the story and everything. He's like, yeah, but that's just one dog though, isn't it? And I was kind of like, all right, buddy. You oh, no, know what? He, didn't. he did. Yeah. As if to be like, you know, just because you say one doesn't mean that you're like exonerated from this. And I was like, all right, like. No, I'm not giving you any money. Fuck off. That's fucking dreadful. That guy I know. should be fired. I know. I thought it was really bad. Yeah. Yeah, it was shocking. And I was That's like, I was being nice. Why is he an arsehole? I was being nice. I said no politely. That's when you go, actually, I do have a donation for you. And you go in your pocket and you pull out your middle finger and then you shut the door. <laughs> this is going on my podcast. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Which has thousands of listeners. What's your name, young man? <laughs> I'm going to blast you on social media. <laughs> yes, very good. Thank you. Yes, very good. Thank you. Yeah, the other thing that I watched that was major nostalgia, which was on a rewatch, really bad, but also really good because it was so nostalgic, was the Tom and Jerry movie that we watched mm. so much in the 90s. The score to that, instantly when it started coming in, it was like... I was like bobbing and weaving to it on the sofa. I was like, yeah, I like had some, had some snacks. I was watching it and just some of the lines there's one scene where like the evil aunt says to a police officer like muchos gracias and au revoir oh yeah muchos gracias and au revoir yeah, that's oh why God. i said i sent that to you the other day uh and it just blew my mind where i was like i said that so much as a kid when i was yeah. saying goodbye to someone in like a kind of sassy way it blew my mind so yeah i enjoyed it for the nostalgia but it's not a good movie whatsoever and it makes no sense but yeah it was fun well I've also been watching a super old nostalgic thing, and that is Pengu, because yes. my wife was watching Pengu on... Uh, she was like, oh, I'm going to show you this clip of Pengu on TikTok. And I was like, that's just ep one. Like, that's all... Like, you know, they're only, like, five minutes long. And I was like, should we watch some Pengu? She's like, all right, let's watch some Pengu. Then sit down and watching it, and we've both been loving it. It's so, It holds up so well, and it's hysterical. And my wife's like... I think your Pingu, like his sass, like <laughs> especially episode one where he like he's like taking a while to like eat his like vegetables and then he like walks around and, and like he looks in like the mirror and goes like blah, 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 and is doing all these silly like m like moves and dances. It's like that's you on a daily basis, just walking around the house, just <laughs> being a silly Billy. And I was like, maybe I got it from Pingu then. I don't know, but yeah, that's man. true. Actually, I can see a lot of Pingu in you because you were. I mean, you had like that that like Pingu teddy bear type thing that you took everywhere. Still got it. It's, it's in my office right now. Yeah, I'm you love Pingu. proudly. But um, 
funny enough though like as a pingu purist i was like i did I, I did buy it on apple but it's the fucking one they made for america where they changed all the music mm. so i was like ah oh, this is not as nostalgic because i can tell this is wrong like for instance pingu's listening like to a record at one point but it's just like the the new pingu theme tune i'm like that's fucking lazy like pingu used to have like <laughs> jazz in it and like all this like really awesome music why did they and, like, change it then? because the company was bought by another company and when they translated it over to america for changes they put a new music and then for some reason those master tapes became the master tapes but i found somebody who fucking went and uh upscaled and restored the original english vhs's <gasps> with the original audio and put them all online and i've downloaded them and now i have those so i'm very happy because there was uh, my favorite episode as a kid was pingu had an accordion and he was just yes. making terrible noise and the, everyone was like fuck off and he was like ah oh, fine i'm gonna fucking leave wait i remember the song can i sing the song the original yes, song go ahead that just went straight into my brain i can't believe i remember that yeah and it just goes on like that the redub is fucking terrible of that oh no it's not the same song and it's not in time either because at the end you have like pinga and like the family like heading along like tink 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 but he's going like and it's like the vibe is killed because of that change but i went and i watched the original with the guy that remastered and it was and my little like five-year-old inside of me was like the happiest fat kid of all time so yeah, so I, I, that's on like the internet archive or something like that. Someone has uploaded that, so I recommend watching it there because that I didn't realize how important the music is. Even episode one, they changed the music, and I'm like, it's it's not the same. No, I I, I agree that that music is integral to that show, especially for the memories and the nostalgia. Like if I watched the Tom and Jerry movie the other day, and they were like, "We've changed the music," I'd be like, "Why?" It's even in like Wallace and Gromit, the Wrong Trousers. They changed the birthday card music. And I remember, terrible. I remember when I saw it, I was like, what's happening? This is all wrong. And it's then I think, I think it's because that birthday song was copywritten for a while and then it mm. came out of that. So maybe they'll change it back. But yeah, probably I hate that. No, they probably won't because it's extra work. Uh, anyway, yeah, that's all I'm putting in my holes. Is there anything else you're stuffing in those those holes? I really want to play the new Starfield game by Bethesda. I want it because... Bethesda's like one of my favorite game studios. If you don't know who they are, they make the Skyrim games, they make the Fallout games, they make these huge, big, fucking epic games that you could just like give a month of your life up to and just get absorbed into. And I want to do that so badly. But Microsoft bought up the company and now they're Microsoft exclusive, so I can't play it. So I'm just sitting there with my PS5 being sad. I've seen some reviews. People are, it's got mixed reviews right now, but. Uh, I am sad that I can't play it. But I, I do have a pl uh, PC. I don't think it's going to be able to run it. So I'm going to wait until it comes out to see if anybody can actually run the game on my little PC. And if they can, then I'll probably buy it. And that will be the end of this podcast for a month. Oh, great. 
What a fucking nerd. <laughs> what a loser. <laughs> uh, you better not skip out on this podcast. We're taking a break in a little while, so you can you can do that I'm then. sure I can play it and uh, pod at the same time. Oh, great. I'll have your full attention then. Um, As well, you always do. <laughs> before sometimes episodes can turn where you're like, I'm now in a bad mood. Let's end it on a high, shall we? Before you're like, I'm quitting. Goodbye. <laughs> Which you do almost every episode. Almost um, every episode. What an exaggeration. <laughs> Every other. Almost every other, really. <laughs> I'm already winding oh, you up. I wonder why. <laughs> I'm winding you up. Uh, so, yeah, before we end, I just want to say a big thank you to Kevin Ortieri for coming on the show today and just sharing all those great behind-the-scenes facts and info. Uh, thank you, Kevin. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, and it was really cool to have that chat. All right, bud. Well, that's all the time we've got for this week. Join us next time where we'll continue talking all things Batman, the animated series. Until then, I've been Alex Robson. And I've been Will Robson. And remember that we are vengeance, we are the night, we are a podcast. Goodbye! Doodles! What are you drinking? Pussy! <laughs> Not another bu- I mean, another can of pussy. That's right. Finally, uh, my wife found uh, a shelf of them. She got 12 of them. So beat the whoever the other guy is that also loves pussy that buys all of them. Because they're only available in one store. And that's, uh, what's it called? Home base or something like that. And they are just, they are just so nice. And they are an energy drink, but like, I don't get uh, burnt out from them. It's all natural ingredients and stuff. Well, the other pan of like natural ingredients things that I keep on seeing mm. that's popping up a lot on like at least on the American side of things that I've been watching for okay. YouTubers and podcasters is Celsius, which I was a brand ambassador for. Oh, really? Like way back in the day. Yeah, when I was like 18, 19, it was my first like marketing job and I was the brand ambassador for Maine and I had to like take it to, you know, like, I don't know softball games or like sporting events and like set up a little table and i i hired these girls that were like the celsius girls you know how red bull went around and there was yeah. like the red bull people giving them out so i had these um girls doing the celsius stuff and the whole shtick back then for it was it was like it'll burn calories by drinking which mm. it's still that that's still in their marketing but they're more like we're all natural and like you know, natural sugars and all of this stuff. And then it's like, and we also burn calories, which I always was like a bit skeptical about. Yeah. But I find but they've changed their branding, everything. I was like, oh, oh that looks like, it looks like, you know, like a proper drink now, not some like cheapo thing that I was marketing back in the day. Yeah, I know you still that market stuff. Do you think they, do you think they still do like the, the hot girls at the booth thing? Cause that seems so like outdated marketing now. It does, doesn't it? I don't know. I don't think... I've seen that. Like, I obviously do different styles of events now for pizza, but I haven't. So actually, yesterday I did a big event and there was like a beer van and it like had like all the flags and the table. It was like a Hummer with like, you know, mm. pouring pints out the side of it and stuff. Fun. You're expecting like, you're expecting like Duffman from The Simpsons to show up, right? Yeah, that'd be cool. That would be cool. So I was like, that's definitely going to be 
you know, they're definitely going to have some, I would assume, attractive girls, like, you know, trying to give out pints and T-shirts. Not a single one. They were all bros. They were all like, you want a beer, bro? You want a beer, bro? And they were so, like jacked and like you know in like ridiculously good shape i'm like you probably haven't had one sip of beer in your whole life so the movement towards equality is to like we got rid of the hot woman and it's just men now yeah. <laughs> that's a bit of a step yeah. backwards yeah. <laughs> we just got the fraternity bros instead yeah. you guys go yeah. with that you know the fraternity bros the poster child for people that <laughs> love equal rights <laughs> ridiculous uh, that's this, interesting this beer, this beer fest is kind of a sausage fest bro <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay bro that's totally fine <laughs> that's fine bro <laughs> i actually came across the red bull uh mini cooper once uh when i was in vermont and me and my buddy uh had just rented crank and we saw the red bull van and you know i don't know if you know this but like they used to be like you get free red bull and they have like a mini fridge on the side of the car you open it up my friend pulled his truck up and he's like grab him and i was a kid so i grabbed like 60 rebels and we drank whoa we drank like 15 each while watching crank and it was quite the experience <laughs> we were like, this movie is awesome! <laughs> have you seen that movie recently i have actually it's not bad still i think it it's still holds up definitely problematic it's like a gta and it's very much yes. made for 16 year olds of that, that oh absolutely place. yeah 100%. i think that would be the type of marketing that would have all like the the whole women around it for for crank <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> i have to take stuff from me heart otherwise i'm gonna die yeah a lot of us do <laughs> exactly <laughs> welcome to the world <laughs> oh, all right then i'll just go to hospital <laughs> every day is crank for those that are over 45 yeah I, I there's also there's a crank too right there is a crank too yeah and the bad guy his head is like in a jar and it's still alive and i was like where are we going with this do you remember that oh yeah, oh the, that movie jumps the shark from the get-go I mean, he yeah. survives the fall off the plane. <laughs> he and does. and all I remember is at the end, it turns into like a Godzilla movie where he's like a big inflated guy because he's been like electrocuted. And oh, yeah. He's like a monster now and he's like fighting people. That's all I can remember from that. It's this, It's like a fever dream at this point. Yeah. It's like he's dead. Yeah, exactly. And that's his like dream before he dies. I don't know. But that's, you know what? It's probably the better of the Jason Statham movies out there. There's probably uh, there's a lot worse of Jason Statham. Well, you're, you're, movie not library. you're not rushing to the theaters to see the Meg Two or the Expendables Four. No, can't say I am. There's a new Expendables coming out. Yeah, I didn't even know this until recently. There's a new Expendables coming out, and it's only the fourth one. I feel like there's twelve of those movies. No, this is only the fourth one, and. I I was watching those and I was like, this is fun. And then I went back and I like tried to give, I think it was number two ago. And I was like, this is like awful. Like I can't believe that I this only, got made. I only ever saw the first one. And I, even at the time I was like, I don't think this is very good. Yeah, not good at all. But do you want to talk about something that is good? Should we talk about this episode? Yes, let's do it. All right, let's do a podcast. Brought to you by Pussy. Natural energy. 100% natural <laughs> ingredients. Only available at home bargains. <laughs> Get them quick because people love it and they buy by the crate. That's that's what kids say. Like, ma'am, I need to get some pussy. Where can I get some pussy? And you're like, hey, <laughs> available at home bargains. That's not the pussy I'm looking for. Now, bros would definitely be advertising this drink at an event. That's for sure. Yeah. That's, What's up, pussy, that's bro? 
Like, mate, what? Drink. Oh, God. Jesus. They say that to, like, one of our 90-year-old grandmothers or whatever, and they're like, excuse me? <laughs> I don't want to talk about grandmothers and pussy in the same <laughs> One of them's like, mm, yes, please. <laughs> You're like, wow. <laughs> I never knew that about your grandma. <laughs> <laughs> 